0: Welcome back to Identity Crisis. I'm Nicola, and today my guest is Rebecca Jennings. Rebecca is a senior reporter at Fox.com covering internet culture and is basically the only millennial writing about Gen Z that I trust. <laughs> Welcome Rebecca. Hello,
1: thank you so much for having me.
0: Um, I think that we talk a lot about like this generational writing thing like boomers writing about millennials and now like millennials writing about Gen Z Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um but I think like the reason that I I trust you on that topic is one because I know you personally and I can attest that you're a cool person and I was thinking about this like why do I trust your writing on Gen Z and TikTok and stuff more than I trust other people's besides the fact that I know you and I was like oh it's because she's cool and I don't know if these other people are cool. And being cool is important, especially when you're reporting on culture. And so maybe one of the many problems in journalism we're really not talking about is the lack of cool people in journalism.
1: <laughs> First of all, thank you. Like no one calls me cool ever. Um, but no, I completely agree. Sometimes like when I just see people that are journalists on Twitter, I'm like, you make me really embarrassed to do this.
0: Yeah. And
1: I really like, I, I think one of the reasons why you might like, why I think my reporting on younger people is slightly unique is because I fucking hate, like the idea of generations. And I just mm-hmm. don't think that it's a thing in the way that we like to pretend that it is. And it, it just mm-hmm. feels all really cringy to me. And like there are some things that are just like being young is just going to be a little bit more like this. Like it has nothing to do with what generation you're in. It's just like very younger than you. Like, that's just the way of life.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 I agree. Like, yeah, it's not like so much of this stuff, like actually has very little to do with this moment. And it's about either being a teenager or about all of us reacting to the internet and has so little to do with like this specific mindset of these children who were born yes. at this point in the nine <laughs> like whatever, like of course that stuff does impact you, but I agree. Like, and the sensationalism around like generational reporting is so fucking cringe.
1: And I feel cringe even writing about it, but I know I have to because I need to be like, this doesn't matter <laughs> Like, I yeah, this, like yeah, yeah. because I don't want to be like the kind of person who's like, there's this one TikToker that I absolutely cannot stand. And he like pretends that he's like this millennial reporter where it's like today, Gen Z is calling us all chuggy. And like this, we're at war. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, oh, yeah. like think for one second about what you're doing and why.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was wondering, I was thinking about like uh, cool people and journalism, and thinking like maybe when magazines existed, which I think like you and I both entered media like right when they were dying, yeah. Um, like in a in a big way. Like I think, yeah, like sort of like Condé Nast crumbling and yeah. etc. Like a lot of closures of magazines um, happened like in our early career. I wonder if there was maybe more cool people at magazines and less cool people in digital media.
1: No, I think that you're 100% right. And I, I this theory that I'm working with in my head of, uh, over the last 10 seconds is that like yeah. peop- people that were hired in media in like the blog era, which like we both were, we were hired, you know, as like recent college grads. And you know, like it was about all about like content, 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 mm-hmm. and like just like repeating, like aggregating, whatever. That sort of rewarded like, the people who just wanted to work really hard and yeah, like suck up to like page views and whatever yeah and whereas like magazine people had like they they weren't like racing against some kind of like viewers like page view mm-hmm. count or and they had like the time and the space to do cool things yeah and also like I mean part of that uh, it's just them, a lot of them being born into like generational wealth that where they could take like magazine jobs and like live their fabulous lives and not Mm -hmm. have to do like the content mining thing. But I I do think that like the, like Twitter and blogging in general kind of rewards, like, you know, hall monitor types of people.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. Cause they can churn out a lot. Um, but yeah, like we need tastemakers. Like we need people who are like authorities on yeah like I feel like a lot of this cultural reporting is like dorky people responding to what they think are cool people doing yes. stuff online yes and then oh my god I think about this we all the need, time <laughs> what we need <laughs> is tastemakers telling the people <laughs> like what is cool from inside the life of being a cool person instead of being yeah. like you know like a dork who's like on their phone being like I'm pretty sure this is cool
1: yeah. Oh my God. Um. I think one of my like pet favorite examples of this is the sea shanty thing, um, yeah. which was like the kids are all really into sea shanties, and it was like, no, this is like a, a random thing that like happened to like show up on a lot of people's phones. That doesn't mean that it's like cool at all, and it doesn't have it doesn't say anything about our culture. Like yeah. it was just a thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and it was and like when oh, you have of the it,
0: algorithm at play, it's like it's especially not like or it's it's a warped telling of what's cool because yes. if the algorithm pushes something for any given reason just because something has a fuck ton of views doesn't mean it's because it was like organically going to get them it means that like it was pushed to the top for any number yeah. of reasons
1: and by virtue of it being viral it means that it's not cool because it's like mass market now and yeah. it's like that was never and like i don't know i i really hate the kind of tiktok journalism that's like this video went viral. It's like every video that you see on your 40 page went viral because it's like, they're all like hundreds of thousands of likes pretty much like that's, that doesn't tell you anything about like what is worth covering. Like everything is going viral all the time. Like you have, yeah. to, you have to pick and choose yeah. which one you want to, want a platform or a highlight or whatever and why.
0: Yeah. Um, do you ever feel like a narc reporting on young people? <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, I, I do. Um, it's something that I like definitely think about a lot, but I, I guess like for me, I always try to approach it with like, I guess like, I don't do the thing where it's like these kids are doing this and they don't want you to know. I I guess to me, it's like when I, when I report on something, it's usually like been reported on like a bit and it's become a thing Mm -hmm. that rises to the level of like analysis. Um, because I, you know, like I would have to be like, I would have never written like the choogy story, even though I did see that TikTok weeks ago being like, yeah. oh, like that's like, I, I, and I saved it because I was like, I, if this becomes a thing, yeah. I will like look back on this and like give my thoughts. But I, I don't usually like try to make something happen that isn't already happening and like affecting adults, which means that mm-hmm. a lot of the time my job is to kind of like bring down the room and be like, this is actually like not. What it's me- being made out to be, you know yeah. what I
0: mean? Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, how long have you been on the TikTok beat?
1: Um, since fall of 2018. Um, TikTok came out. It was Musically, and then TikTok came out in August of 2018, and then I think it was like September, October, where I kept watching these like cringe compilations of like really like because Musically was like really dorky. Um, and. You know, it was a place for kids to just be weird and and whatever, and that was great. Um, and then when you, what kind of people who were initially attracted to TikTok were like those same kind of people? They were just sort of like, you know, random locals. <laughs> like it was yeah. like is very like local. Driven, and I assume listeners of this podcast know what local means. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> and you know, there, there were like really cringy trends, especially like the ones that like men would do trying to be sexy. And I just like could not stop watching them. And so I like got, got in the app. um And then as I was scrolling, I was like, holy shit, this is like, this is a really, really good fucking app. And like it knows you, it will get to know you really quick. And y- you can see like actually really funny stuff as opposed to just like the cringy stuff that I logged on before. And even that was the time where everyone was like, ew, TikTok, like that's so embarrassing. That's so gross. Um, And so I kind of begged my editors to write an explainer on it being like, I think this might be a thing. And like, this is a really interesting app, even if it doesn't become a thing. And they were like, no one knew what it was. And I wrote this explainer. And then like over the next few months, like I was just using it all the time, like personally and noticing new things that felt like really like oh, this is like a window into people that you never get on any kind of other app. Like you pretty much every social app is people that you either know, or they think that you would like to know. Whereas TikTok, it's like, you can go on there and, you know, it's literally anyone. Um, And it it felt totally random. And I know that that's like not a really correct take anymore. Like it's not that random, but, um, but yeah, that was sort of when I started I realized that you only asked me when I started and not like a whole, like a
0: whole. <laughs> no I also wanted to know what your first TikTok story was so it was kind of like an explainer like this it is was what literally WhatsApp what is, is TikTok
1: like yeah. yeah it was the Vox it also like I work at Vox so it's like we have yeah, to do that the what is this thing that you are yeah. hearing maybe a little bit about from your like 14 year old cousin or something
0: do you know what the first kind of like this is a trend like on TikTok kind of story was like good question um
1: i don't know i know like t- cuz tiktok didn't really start to become something that people started caring about until 2020 um mm. and even like honestly the pandemic was and it was yeah. because like kids kids were home with their parents and they saw what they were doing and and i think that was like the real thing but and and so many of my stories were just like falling on deaf ears basically um for like 2018 2019 um and it wasn't really until, like, Charlie D'Amelio got famous, which was the year later, it was fall of 2019, that, that like, brands started paying attention to it. Because mm-hmm. once an app can, like, build stars, that's when, like, you can make money on it. Um, yeah. And, and then a couple months later, like, the Hype House came out. And then that, that was another, like, big like, oh, 2020 is going to be the year of TikTok. And then the pandemic happened and it was like extremely the year of TikTok, but not in the yeah, way that we all
0: thought. That it was expected. Yeah. yeah. What well, makes covering TikTok different than other culture stories? Because you've been writing about internet culture since obviously before 2019,
1: 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the thing with TikTok is that it accelerates so much. Like I I do think that people like, like the same discourses that have happened on Tumblr and Twitter a bajillion times are also happening on TikTok just because, I know, you know, it's, it's younger people finding it. And I think human beings on the internet have a similar way to relate to each other regardless mm-hmm. of what platform they're on. Um, but for, for on TikTok, it just feels like it's so personal. It's so to the point. It, I, I think I, I wrote this piece in like early 2020 about like TikTok never wanting to be political. And then it just became political against its own intentions. And I think it's because you see the person's face you develop parasocial relations with them like very quickly Mm -hmm. and then they're short and you can and they can spread really fast like a random person can go viral overnight i think like the star making power of tiktok is the thing that like it makes it different from facebook instagram twitter like you can have a viral tweet but you're not going to get millions of twitter followers from that yeah but on tiktok it's not it's it's not the same like you can have one viral tiktok and wake up as like a household name and like i've talked to a ton of kids that this has happened to and I think there are good parts about that. And I think there are really, really bad parts about that. And yeah. I, I think that was the thing that the, the fame side of it was the thing that really like made me really interested in covering this because it was accelerating all these things that we'd already seen from like the growth of influencers in the 2010s. Mm-hmm. And, and this was just turning random kids into influencers like yeah. within days or weeks.
0: Oh my God. I'm just thinking right now, like, what would it be like to be a parent? And then you have to like deal with 13 year old. There are so
1: many kids that I talked to. They're like, yeah, I didn't tell my parents until I like got stopped at the mall. And they were like, what's happening?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. It's so scary. How much kids can keep like, anyway. Um, what has been your favorite, like, TikTok story to write because you've definitely gotten the chance to do some like pretty in-depth like reported on location kind of stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. My two favorites were, you know, my two like TikTok long forms was one um where uh I went to I got to go back to high school, like never been kissed. And yeah. I had to follow around this girl. And you know, it's funny because I picked her because I was like Oh, she's like the prototype of like a very, very normal girl just doing goofy stuff. And she had, she, at that time she had gotten about a hundred thousand followers, which was like, you know, I, I chose her on purpose. I was like, I don't want someone who's like, you know, people know them, but I do want someone who's like a normal kid. And then they're just like, happened to be like secretly TikTok famous a little, mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, and so I reached out and she was like my first choice, Haley Sharp. Um, and I reached out and, and luckily her mom was really, really um was was down and she was like and so I wanted to basically go back to high school. Like what was it like going back to high school? Because this was in, in August as like a TikTok famous person.
0: Oh, like she so, got famous over the summer. That's her and now mom. She's going and back. I
1: emailed her. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, she got right. famous like the spring before, but I it was like basically this came out of a pitch, a call for pitches for back to school stories, and I was like, was mm-hmm. it like going back to school as, as like a TikTok famous person? Uh, and her mom was really cool, and luckily she went to a private school, so they were like much more amenable to me coming to the school because mm-hmm. um, I think a public school would have just been like hell no, get out of here. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> so I got to like, and then with this all happened within like three days. Like I pitched her, her mom was like, okay, yeah, like you can come, and. And then I was, I was flying out like three days later to Alabama. Um, She went to this like pretty like ritzy private school um, and her family was so wonderful. She was also super wonderful. I got to like sit at the lunch table with her friends. I got to go to like AP US history class with her. Um, Like, yeah, it was so great. And then the story was mostly about how like, it, it was about what I was just kind of talking about how like this app kind of plucks people randomly to be not randomly, but like it plucks people to be famous and it kind of like, affects their lives in this weird way. But like, but it, at the same time, it, it's also kind of like giving them the, a taste of something that they might not get to keep. And mm. what's funny is that Haley became extremely famous months after that because she invented the say-so Doja Cat dance. And now, okay. and then she was like, then she was like in the Doja Cat music video. And now she's like, she's like, got like millions of followers. And she's like probably in the top, like. Twenty, like cool, wow. like she's and she's like she's like a big deal now, and it's really cool to see. Even though like she's so normal, like she's this very very normal girl, and now it's funny because she she like started out doing like more comedy stuff, and now she does like the dances and like the yeah. makeup, and <laughs> it's it's is funny she to see. Still in that. high school? Yes, she is a senior uh, now. Wow. Yeah, what? so I guess she's graduating now. Um, I talked oh, to her a couple weeks experience. ago, but. Um, yeah. She's, she's also, she's like really shy. She's like one of those people where, you know, she was a little bit difficult to interview because she's a teenager. She's shy and mm-hmm. she like, you know, isn't going to spill her whole life story to some mm-hmm. random stranger. Um, but it, it allowed me to sort of like give my own interpretations of what was happening like around her. Um, yeah. And yeah. I don't know. It was just like a really great experience. And then the other one um, was when I went to this, I, I went on a reporting trip to LA in February of 2020. Um, and I was trying to get, my, my dream story was, was about the Sway house, um, but that like, I had this whole idea for it, but uh, they didn't, they like canceled my visit to the house um, like right then. But luckily that same day, this random woman was like, hey, like, I was talking to one of her coworkers, I guess. And she was like, hey, like, wanna come to the girls in the Valley house? And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And I went there and I interviewed all these people and they told me this story of like, I was kind of asking about their backgrounds and I got the sense that they were sort of like, you know, kind of like misfits, like kind of alts, like, you know, a little bit <laughs> like they were, yeah. they were cool, but they were like a little bit rough around the edges. And I was like, damn, so you guys have really like lived a life. And they're like, they're all like 19, 20. Um, and they told me the story of this horrible manager that they had. And so I was like, okay, awesome. I want to follow up. I was planning to come back. Uh, to California to talk to them more and then the pandemic happened so the story was like really drawn out and then of course it turns around the manager that they were with then like became awful so like that story was more about like this the second generation of okay maybe you're this normal girl who goes TikTok famous and then what happens when you get like shady ass managers like in your DMs like exploiting you basically
0: yeah Yeah, um, I'm actually kind of jealous of all of your time at the creator houses because that sounds like the most like fucked and weird and interesting. And I don't like really understand them. Like you kind of like, wait, tell me if I'm wrong. But it it sounds to me like basically like someone kind of like sets it up and it's like, this is a content house. Yeah. And invites a bunch of people to go there and make stuff. And then they can also make stuff together, but where, and then, and so there's like, but like, obviously whoever's managing all of this is going to take some kind of percentage from the money, which is made from what?
1: Exactly. And I think that, (laughs) that is why, pretty much no content house has really succeeded in the way that it was like supposed to. I guess like the Hype House, yeah, it has, it's gonna have like a Netflix reality show, but all the cast mm. members are completely different. Like they've, they've, sh- they've shuttered, like they've shuttled in and out and, and like Sway House, same thing. It's like, they were going through all this drama. They broke up like dozens of content houses popped up over the past like year and a half. And like most of them have quote unquote failed just because like, look at what you're dealing with you're looking at kids who like move somewhere but you know they're probably living in these crappy ass rooms like it's it's so unglamorous and in a way that's i think surprising to people because like yeah, you're you're always on these like like think about the kind of adult that would like want to create something like this. Like mm-hmm. to like I want to live in a house with like teenagers and who are like sexy and making content. And like mm-hmm. I don't know, it just I think it's an industry that attracts a particularly like gross kind of person who like doesn't have a ton of experience but wants to pretend that they do. Um and that that I mean that's that was sort of my experience uh, in that world. But granted, that was like, you know, on more of the the lower levels of it rather than
0: like it kind of like reminds me of like early reality tv like before reality tv figured out how to be like so sticky and like how to make every episode have like um like a hijink or whatever and they would live in yeah. these houses that are like like I've been watching Jersey Shore kind of for the first time yes and, um like you know like the and that, like the house and the amenities aren't nice but it's what they want you know what I mean like all they want is like a crappy shore house that has like yes. a crappy hot tub on the roof or whatever yeah like that's it they don't need anything better than that but now like when they have these shows like they have much like nicer looking like houses and stuff like that.
1: But it's all like, it's all fake. Like I remember like watching like the Hype House Today show tour and they were showing this like gross pool and they were like, yeah, no one ever goes in there. But it's just like, it's literally just like a prop. And I think like the Jersey Shore example is such a good one because it seems like these Hype Houses are doing it backwards, like all they want. All they want is to get a reality TV, and that's all they know that that's where mm. like the real money is. Like they want oh. a reality show about the house, and that was like from the very beginning that was the goal. And the fact that like only like the Sway House, which is like the number two house, got like some fucking Facebook Watch like mm. reality TV show. It's like who cares? Um, but but I also think that like becoming like being a, so, a like TikTok influencer is not at all the same thing as being compelling on reality television. Yeah. And so it's like, if you're going to create, if you're going crea- to like, want- if you want to be a reality star, go straight to reality. Like, don't, don't, like, don't become an influencer first because like, you probably can't like, yeah, I don't know. It, it, I think like talent, talent um or casting directors at MTV and Bravo and E know way more about what's going to be interesting on TV than like random 12 year olds on TikTok.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know one thing that's like, so strange to me as an outsider is like, Looking at Gen Z is like all of these kids look so alt, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they're the ultimate consumers and they're so ready to sign up to sell stuff to each other. Yeah. But like, I just even just like walking around, like, you don't even have to be in like New York or you can be in smaller towns or whatever. And kids have like, you know, green hair and like blue yeah. hair and like piercings and like weird outfits and stuff, but they're just the most like normal. They're just like working their little like high school jobs and like they don't have mm-hmm. any kind of like alternative worldview or anything they just look like what used to be alt but yeah but they're just they're now like so internet. ready yeah 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 it's yeah, just like it's aesthetics TikTok, like I've yeah. really never meant anything but it feels like they mean less more than ever
1: <laughs> oh yeah like I wrote about this a little bit in my piece about e-girls and e-boys mm-hmm. like that was also sort of like an explainer on what it was and I like sort of put on my like media studies graduate hat and was like this feels like one of those subcultures that you know it really has it doesn't really exist in real life because all they're getting all their influences that they're they're getting are like from seeing other people on TikTok and it happens like the subculture happens alone in your bedroom it doesn't happen Mm -hmm. in the streets or at music shows or whatever it's like it's purely aesthetic as a subculture rather than like I couldn't even try to think of like a band that they all like like you know it's it's just that this is just like mass style
0: now it's interesting because in a way I feel like e-girl or e-boy aesthetic is kind of like the Instagram face of like yeah like totally in the way that like all millennial women have their faces all look the same now, like Mm -hmm. on TV, on reality, any age that they are, everyone gets the same facelifts, the same cheek implants. Like it's really fucking spooky. And I, it's going to be wild to see how Instagram face looks in, um, like how it ages into the future. Um, just like in the public imagination, but also like literally like, how is that face going to age? Like, (laughs) (laughs) 50 year olds like because yeah like it's crazy like you even see just it touches like like every woman of millennial and over has been affected by Instagram face um and it like oh yeah does it also doesn't stand for anything or mean anything it's just like this really weird beauty ideal Um, yeah yeah, I guess like e e E- e-child style is also <laughs> like just sort of like what the fashion is it doesn't mean anything it just is what yeah. the fashion is
1: yeah no totally and I I also think Instagram face and like e-girl makeup are basically the same just like more extreme like yeah. you, can, you add you add a black winged liner and some blush on your nose and it's and like maybe some like you know little like what's her face Belle Delphine lips and maybe some like more anime influences but it's all it's still the same it's like you know what you want the fox eye big pouty lips tiny ass nose
0: yeah like
1: yeah and a snatched jaw and cheekbones yeah like (laughs) yeah (laughs) like I don't know it's 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 all the same it's just kind of like evolving into like what's more like quote-unquote edgy but it isn't edgy at all I don't
0: know I agree um (laughs) And I think it bothered me for a while because like when I was a teen, I like went through all the efforts of like really working very hard to look alt, including like dying my hair and like pissing off my parents in the process um, and looking like shit for a long time. And now Mm -hmm. the fact that that's not even like rebellion, I'm just like, what the fuck? Like (laughs) everyone had, and you can just get like, um, temporary, like leave-in hair color that like doesn't even damage your hair I'm like wow yeah I was cheated
1: no I know and and that kind of like it, one of my other sort of like things that I think about a lot is that it's like kind of impossible for subcultures to exist fully now because it's like everything gets inundated by everybody else like once something cool happens it becomes like everywhere immediately because pe- honestly because of people like me who are like what like keeping an eye out on you know what's what are younger people doing and what's cool? And then that story just like fully blows up. And like, I don't know. I, I, if there, if there is like a genuine subculture, it has to exist like offline.
0: Like, I think because subculture exists as like, as refuge for people who don't fit in, but because everything is permissible now, it's like not as necessary. Like you don't need the refuge of of subculture the way that you used to, because the world isn't hostile in certain ways that it used to be. And mm-hmm. I also agree that because there is no monoculture, like it's hard for subculture to exist because everything is niche and nothing is mass, but everything is mass and nothing is yeah. Niche. like,
1: yeah, that, no, that makes, it makes sense. Even though it sounds like it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's just like, like,
0: because information and influences and stuff are moving so fast, it's like impossible. And people don't have community also like people do not have community. How do you have subculture without authentic community?
1: Totally. No, that's yeah, absolutely. And I think like you see people trying to create subculture, especially on TikTok where it's like, hey, ADHD heads, like, this is what <laughs> I do. Like, this is our culture. And like, um, yeah. P.E. Moskowitz e. had a good piece yesterday about how like, iced coffee is queer. Like, this is our culture. And it's like, these are things that everyone does. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, like, I know. Ha- it doesn't, it doesn't have to be this, like, this stand-in for like, some neurodivergence thing. And it's like, you know, like, God bless. Like, yeah, I have ADHD too. And I, I also have, but like, my other friends have a hard time focusing too. It's not just people that have had a diagnosis.
0: <laughs> like, no, it's here. People are yeah. like so obsessed with, with labeling themselves, finding ways yeah. that they're different from other people. And I think maybe that is because everything feels so like sort of accessible and homogenous that they that yeah. people want to be different so badly uh-huh. that they'll like yeah. take I mean, yeah, like they'll take like even traits that have been like seen as like bad and they will like hype them up and make their whole personality about it or whatever.
1: Yeah, no, totally. Um, it's just very exhausting. It's like, I don't think it's helpful to anybody really, especially when it's done online. It's like, that's not a real, like, I don't know. It's it's not a great platform for those kind of discussions where it's like, if you're just like, you're with us or you're against us, then I yeah. feel like a lot, especially with like, I think- neurodivergent the neurodivergent mm-hmm. community is is one of the biggest offenders of this it's like oh you yeah. neurotypical it's like can you name a neurotypical
0: <laughs> person because I, I know <laughs> I've never met a near are you kidding? yeah I've never met anyone typical I know it's like <laughs> it's just like stop flattering yourself like unfortunately yeah. you're actually not that unique like and, and that's it's a also good thing like, yeah I know I'm like, <laughs> like literally like, like the last thing I want is to be like truly different, you know? Yeah. If you were truly different, like life would fucking suck. And yeah, like, the like, best
1: part about life is like connecting with other people. And mm-hmm. like, if you can't do that, what well, I'm sorry.
0: Like I know it's like, I feel really, bad for you. Yeah. I think, okay. So I'm wondering if there's going to be like, because we're in this like huge era of everyone trying to be like really different and like Mm -hmm. dressing really different and pointing out what makes them not like other people, da, da, da. If there will be like a natural pendulum swing to people wanting to like not stand out so much and like not over-identify like basically like a normie movement.
1: I feel like that was suggest that was like, predicted um about like Gen Z will be the ones who like who are who are obsessed with mediocrity. And like I wrote one of those stories and like how like, you know, kids on TikTok were calling themselves like, I'm ugly, like, you know, like and that's okay. And like Mm -hmm. it's and I and I think it's it's cool and fun. And it's like because I think they were raised on social media where everything has to be like, you know, really pristine and polished and you know aspirational. But there is I just saw a lot of kids just being more like, yeah, I'm like really bad at this or like, I'm ugly and whatever. And like, that's, and it wasn't like, and that's really empowering. It was just like, that's just what it is. And so I think there is some of that um, already percolating, but I don't know. And I think maybe TikTok will be one of the things that accelerates it all the way to that, that extreme, because on TikTok, literally all you see is like really pretty girls and like, living these fabulous lives a lot of the time especially if you're you know like um younger and that's the kind of content that's served to you like i think it can be really easy to think that everybody's out there like killing it um and you're the only one that's stuck so i I don't know i i i hope that like i think it would be cool if we had like a normie renaissance i I think like i I you know what i really liked is um I think Foster Kamer's piece in the New York Times about how we should stigmatize internet use. Like yes, if you're, if you're like too online, that should be like a bad thing.
0: I know, <laughs> yeah. I agree. I like, yeah. I really hate like when I start dating someone and I realize that they're like a phone person or alternatively, I really like, when I am dating someone and I realize that they do not pull out their phone all the time. Like Mm, it's very mm -hmm. cool to me, people who have a lot of self-control around their phone. And it's very unattractive to me, people who don't have self-control around the phone. Um, And it's weird. It doesn't like, I don't think it's necessarily generational. I think it's because I'm 32. So I date people who are like, you know, plus minus like into Gen Z and then up a bit. Mm -hmm. And it like, there are 40 year olds who are very phone obsessed and there are 25 year olds who are very offline. Um, like, I definitely think it's more like a temperament and a lifestyle and an anxiety kind of thing than it is like generational. Like you were saying earlier, like a lot of it is fake news.
1: I think, yeah, even the generational discourse feels like another way to like Put people into boxes and like claim specialness even when it's like Mm -hmm. your specialness is being born slightly later or earlier like it just it doesn't like some people are going to be more you know into internet stuff and their phones and some people aren't and I go I also think that like this is kind of unrelated but like when we generalize about kids what we're doing is generalizing about the kids that we see on the internet like those are an extreme version of kids like when you sure. meet like a regular fucking kid, like they're, they're the same as like, that was the thing that struck me most about going to this high school in Alabama. Like I grew up in Vermont. That was a private school. I grew up in public school. Like it was, it was a very different way of growing up, but like the kids are the same, like sitting in the yeah. AP after class. and like, you guys are wearing the same sweatshirts, having the same water bottle. Like there was a girl like doing yeah. a lip gloss. And I'm like, that's the same lip gloss. Like I would probably have used. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's so like, I don't know when people just like make a big deal about like the scare like this like scarecody things about you know the the next generation it's like you're only basing that on people on on the kids that you've seen online and that's Mm -hmm. a really really specific segment of kids.
0: I know what I've already read stuff about like the teens are doing like blah 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 and then I like walk by like um a high school that's like getting out of class and I'm like they're not really like they look pretty dumb. (laughs) Like they're acting pretty dumb like they're not that sophisticated. Um, Okay, so you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but recently you wrote about Musical.ly, which Mm -hmm. was, just correct me if I'm wrong, but basically just the name of TikTok before it rebranded and relaunched.
1: Yes, so Musical.ly was basically had, had pretty much most of the general basic elements of TikTok that we know it looked pretty much the same. Um, there was, there's like a bunch of key differences, but then it was bought by another Chinese company. And then it, they merged that with, um, like overnight, basically the music, the little musically logo became the TikTok logo. Yeah. Um, And, and everybody had the same amount of followers, like, but the, but the algorithm was much, much different. So,
0: okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask if it was materially any different, but it basically was just a rebrand and like a new, some new behind the scenes stuff. It
1: was a, it was a big rebrand. Like they knew yeah, yeah. Um so on musically like you know how there, there's a the for you page and the following page and most people on TikTok only look at their for you, for you page. Mm-hmm. Um on musically it was kind of the opposite where like you found people via this featured page which was hand curated by um musically the company. So they were like picking and choosing who like what kinds of things would go viral um and like what kind of creator would go viral and there was very much like it it was heavily, heavily curated into this like kind of single aesthetic that was like, you know, very like kid friendly. It was, Mm -hmm. you know, a bunch of regular kids like moving their phones around in a fun way. Um, And then they would kind of like develop these relationships with creators and they would look at their following page like, oh, like a new baby aerial video, awesome. And then when it became TikTok and Musical.ly had warned their creators, you know, ahead of time, they were like, hey, so we're gonna become TikTok and we're gonna try to get more adults on here. So it's gonna be different. And so their, their, their um, theory was that they, you know, they were going to court a bunch of adult users by like creating these ads and like, you know, building up more adult users. Um, And it worked. Um, And so, yeah. And so now like it's algorithmically based versus on musically, it was like physically curated.
0: Mm, Got it. Yeah. I was, I have a friend that works there and she hooked me up with a um, copywriting job at musically when I was in LA. And I was like, all set to do it but then like Mm -hmm. the process of like getting it like getting going with them was so weird and rushed and my friend Mm
1: -hmm. well my
0: friend wound up apologizing being like we're kind of having trouble with the sort of like Chinese work ethic and like being you know an American company and having like an LA that's what I heard about it too what what they should expect from like basically like it was like, you know, we'd had a conversation. A week had passed. I got a phone call that was like, "Can you come in tomorrow?" And I was like, "Well, wait, what? Like, t- wait, what?" <laughs> like, it was just like very rushed, and it was just very much like a vibe where I was like, "I like," I was like, "I don't really like this vibe." But then, it, the reason that it, it turned out that it was like so rushed, whatever, was because they were relaunching his TikTok. So I guess I could have been part of that, and I wasn't. And um, I didn't have regrets. <laughs>
1: yeah no I from what I have read about the work culture it's truly heinous and just like yeah. really demanding and
0: yeah really difficult I'm not into it yeah post post hustle
1: oh yeah post hustle life I hope you have a whole episode on
0: that like I will probably no hustling. Yeah. <laughs> um okay also I want to talk about Instagram reels because obviously like Instagram launched that as a way to try to either keep people on Instagram or siphon them off of TikTok. And at least in my worldview, it never worked the way that stories did in killing Snapchat. Like what are your views and theories?
1: Yeah. I I think, I mean, ultimately like when they announced that I was like, oh shit, that's like a really good idea. And Mm -hmm. you know, I I think if done correctly, they could have done it, but I think it's just straight up. They don't have the algorithm that TikTok has and mm-hmm. like the, this the, the, and, and TikTok has, has been work, workshopping is its algorithm since like from ByteDance, which is like its parent company, like for years. And like, they've been mm-hmm. like iterating on it for so long. And, and if, if, if anyone's like looked at their Instagram explore page, they'll know that their algorithm is way shittier than yeah. <laughs> like, like what, what the kind of things that Facebook and Instagram think you like are just like the most it's just the most like base shit it's like I always get plastic surgery and like cute dogs and like yeah like weight loss before and afters and it's like because they see me as like a woman who's 28 and like once has a cat maybe or something yeah 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 you know it's 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 very it's not and it's also related to people like you like Mm -hmm. um so I think that the main difference between TikTok and most social media algorithms is that Facebook and Instagram analyze what kind of person you are, who, what your friends like, what, what people in your demographic like, and then kind of uses that to determine what you like. Whereas TikTok just uses like your, your buttons, like what you yeah. like, what you spend your time watching on. They're like obsessive about it. And I don't think any other tech company is close to doing what they do.
0: Yeah, I know. My Instagram exploration, I look at it and I'm like, when I stare into the void, I don't like who's staring back because I'm like, this is who you think I am. Yeah. I am just like, no, but it really, it really does just feel like the most basic demographics where it's like age, location, gender. Um, Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, well, maybe that means my privacy settings are good because it doesn't. Honestly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I weirdly like would rather TikTok have my weird, niche interests locked in versus Facebook. Like, yeah. I know that's maybe problematic because I just don't know enough about like, and we as a country don't know enough about like how TikTok is using our data, but like, I'm sure as hell don't trust Mark Zuckerberg with it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> mm, trust no one. Um, yeah. Okay, but more importantly, you recently wrote about the fake news word choogie <laughs> which you're probably tired of talking about. Um... But basically like this relatively small viral,
1: yeah, like,
0: you know, on the comparison of viral word came up and became like exactly what we were talking about earlier. We're like millennials and older sort of jumped on it because yeah. it was sort of attacking millennials <laughs> and older
1: because people like to feel like victims um, and or yeah. they're
0: just like scared of teenagers laughing at them because they have like. <laughs> memory like haunting memories
1: <laughs> i know and like i mean i think that's like a very human instinct but i think the problem is that teenagers aren't actually laughing at them like yeah no one cares it's only cringy when millennials like clap back and like yeah. try to get all like that's the thing that people are making fun of not your fucking jeans yeah. um and yeah no i shugi happened because this this girl um made this video and she was like oh yeah like me and my friends at sorority or at summer camp like use this word it's like can just kind of describe like oh like kind of girl boss like basic bitch vibes like we've already had we already have that word like we know what it means whatever Mm -hmm. um and then taylor lorenz wrote about it and i interviewed her after and i was like because obviously like when she wrote about something like it becomes a whole thing because it's her writing about it and it's the new york times writing about it And I asked her, I was like, what does it feel like being part of that machine? Like, you are now Mm -hmm. kind of the reason it became a thing. And she was like, honestly, like, my traffic was low. Like, I had to do something that I know.
0: Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And I, and
1: like, I like, like so much respect for just like the honesty, but also like, I mean, she reported the hell out of it. Like she went deeper on it than she needed to, like that word. um, I feel like it had already, um, like there was already like some little posts from like smaller websites about it. And she was like. Oh yeah, like I and Taylor was just like, I I yeah, I can do that. Um and of course, then it became a thing and then I went like I had to go on Fox 5 News I know. to like explain it and like and then I all I was trying to do when in that interview I was like, "Hey, this is not a thing. You don't need to get mad about it." And yeah. they did, obviously didn't use that part.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, okay, yeah. anyone who doesn't know this fake word, it, it basically just means like um chuggy is like <laughs> latte art. Or sure yeah it's updates, outdated or yeah. yeah something that like vi- but like a very like recent yeah recent outdated like um
1: it's outdated but not long enough to be cool again until yeah. it's used ironically and then it is sort of cool again I don't
0: know yeah yeah I know I was thinking like well I tweeted like being choogy on purpose and then I realized later <laughs> I was like that's just being ironic yeah <laughs> you invented Which irony is, being ironic is also like very like er millennial I feel like oh I know like oh like, and
1: but it's also like er gen x and er like yeah 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 know. it's it's like I don't know I feel like I think of irony and I just think about like the 90s like that yeah <laughs> like that like oh
0: I'm like fluent in sarcasm like <laughs> <laughs> that's true okay I was listening to are you Alana fan Lana Del Rey yeah
1: I don't like her recent music I love her old music
0: oh okay I was listening to her new music and in the song White Dress she talks about she's like talking about being 19 and being a waitress and she's (laughs) referencing like listening to White Stripes and listening to Kings of Leon and I was like I think that Lana Del Rey singing about listening to Kings of Leon is chuggy (laughs) on purpose
1: yes I think she knows exactly. Like she's putting herself in the year 2009. Yeah. Purpose. Like it's
0: cringe and it's uncool, but it also dates the moment well without having to say very much. And it's vulnerable in its uncoolness.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And I also think that like, there's this, I wrote a story about this, like a, like a year ago or so, but like, there's this huge fascination with like, early 2010s, like Tumblr culture, especially right Mm -hmm. now. And it's like this way to kind of like revisit like our more embarrassing younger selves and just kind of like embrace it and like either do it ironically or like kind of in an endearing way, like looking back and like, you know, when everyone like, when like you wore chevron print and then now Mm -hmm. it looks like, you know, you're in an MLM or something. Um, but, but you think back at like the bands, like, Oh, Arctic monkeys, like they were so cool. And like, they were kind of cool. And like, that's okay. I don't know. I, I really like that kind of micro nostalgia.
0: I know. I think like, um, I also wanted to talk about, you wrote about like Y2K fashion recently. And I feel like early 2000s fashion being back is like already kind of been played with and like the new thing is like 20 early 2010s like recent recent past I know um, I
1: it's so funny like I know it's like you know the acceleration of like the trend cycle it's not great because it makes us like over consume and whatever but like I think it's really fun because I I just have such a soft spot for the early 2010s like that's my that's my like y2k like that's of
0: course yeah (laughs) like I know the most about it but um yeah so like on when you were writing about like you were basically right it was funny it was like a a warning like low rise jeans yeah. are back kind of yeah thing. Um, which I feel like I really think like Bella Hadid kind of ushered these in like mm-hmm. a little while ago or that's kind of the first person I really saw like being photographed in them and being like oh my god no it's coming and of course she has like beautifully flat stomach. yeah as a 21 year old or I don't know how old she is um and professional model Mm -hmm. but um yeah I it like the teens doing the Y2K style reminded me of like being a kid in the 90s when like 60s and 70s like groovy stuff was in like (laughs) around like Spice Girls and like I had like inflatable furniture and like lots of stuff that had like f- like flower power and like yes you know what I mean so um, good
1: like oh yeah
0: and my parents were always trying to tell me about the origins of that stuff and like what <laughs> they wore in the 60s and 70s but I didn't care about the yeah. history or their memories I only care about what I was drawn to and what I wanted to like wear isolated yeah. of context
1: yeah like the curly font, like girl power. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, I I that that part is so good. And also, like I feel like you see that coming back too with like psychedelic prints being everywhere. Um, yeah, it's, it's the same kind of like late nineties, early two thousands, like ups- re like nostalgia for the sixties, seventies. So it's like yeah, the two thousand like the two thousand twenties version of Y two K of nineteen sixties.
0: I wonder if like, I mean, I think that trend cycle obviously will never operate the way that it did before, because of um, technology and the internet. But I yeah. also wonder if 9-11 like corrupted that cycle because, because Sorry, the of- <laughs> not Never not I reflecting was like, on 9-11. Not, I was not expecting you to bring <laughs> 9-11. <laughs> 9-11 is the reason we have low slung genes, just a tragic oh
1: my God. consequence.
0: Um, no, I wonder like, because the trend cycle is obviously like an emotional reaction to the political reality economic reality or whatever and that really sort of changed like what was it just was like you know a big wrench in the plan and I wonder if like the like 90s style and like what 2000s style like maybe would have been and like what the 2000s Mm. maybe would have been should that like very stark and serious event that led to like war etc not happened if like maybe things would have I don't know developed a little differently
1: I know I to me like having only just thought of this like I don't know if it would have been quite so like brand heavy like it seemed mm-hmm. like in the in like I, I always think of this time as like between 9-11 and the financial crash like that was like yeah. golden y, the, what we think of as like Y2K fashion like mm-hmm. Ashley Tisdale on the Teen Choice Awards red carpet yeah. like Britney Spears and Juicy Couture I feel like it just had got like it had reached such a fever pitch in terms of like celebrity culture and kind of like nasty tabloid culture yeah and you know shock like things you think celebrities did to like shock us And I think, you know, like a big terry cloth sweatsuit was like a good example of, you know, like them just being like, fuck you or like, fuck you. I'm like dumb and hot. Like, yeah, I don't know that whole decade just felt like this exaltation of like dumb, hot, mean bimbo, like, and now we can look back at that and be like, let's celebrate that. That was awesome. But in the time, it was like pretty rough and pretty like nasty, you know?
0: Yeah. And also like, in a way maybe that was us celebrating our americanness our um, <laughs> sort of like imperial right to be dumb hot yeah. and not yeah. really care about what's going on in the world but it's interesting thinking about the um that time and like i think one of the big like cries of outrage stylized was like oh my god like everything is getting so casual like people are wearing um like yeah. sweatpants out etc and it's like you know 20 years later we're like still on this like athleisure tip and it's like actually not that new like we've kind of been talking about this for so long
1: yeah yeah I know that's why all like the panics about like fashion coming back it's like we did this before like we already did this with leggings we already did this with like hoodies in the office like it's just who cares it just becomes fine and you can do it or like do you remember like two years ago like tiny sunglasses and like everyone Mm -hmm. was like no and now it's just like that's just one of the many styles that you can choose from. Like you don't yeah. have to get upset about it. And that's why like I wrote that low rise jeans piece because it's like, yes, they're back. But like also a lot of different jeans are in style right now. There's not one yeah. that everyone's forcing you to wear. Like just like no one's forcing you to wear leggings or a hoodie in the office. It's just like slowly changing things that over time you won't even notice because like mm-hmm. I bet in a couple of years I'll buy a pair of low rise jeans and not even think anything of it because it's just yeah. normal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I was. Thinking, like, about the Y2K and, like, the low-rise jeans and stuff and wondering, do you think that the waif can come back in the wake of body positivity <laughs> oh, or is the waif canceled?
1: I think the waif is already still celebrated plenty. Like, wa- I, don't think I mean, ever the waif will always,
0: <laughs> the waif of thinness will always be quietly celebrated for sure. Yeah. But I wonder yeah. if, like, like, can that body type ever, like, be in the in the mainstream or, or is it, is it over?
1: I don't think that people are going to be like, hell yeah, like skinny, but I think it's everywhere unstated. It's like when you mm. you go on the low rise jeans hashtag on TikTok, it's literally all girls with like, I mean, first of all, they're teenagers. Like a lot of them yeah. don't have like a ton of fat on their stomachs yet, but like it's like, but it's then wearing like a tiny crop top and low rise jeans. So it's like yeah. the stomach is really what you're showing. Like, let's be yeah. honest. Um, and same with like magazines, come on, like not, not that magazines are this great, like bastion of culture anymore, but like, I don't know, like most people on Instagram, like are valuing a certain type of body and like, yeah, I guess like they have big, they have big asses now, but it's not like (laughs) that's any more, like any less, like any more realistic than like. A wayfashionly thin person. the um, yeah. Nineties. I don't know. It's. I just think that like when I see, like diet culture and stuff on my um, Instagram, it just feels like okay, literally nothing has changed. It's just kind yeah. of. It's kind of like you kind of can't say it like out loud, but it's everywhere all the time.
0: Of course. Yeah. I know. I agree. Um, it's never gonna like go anywhere. It's just going yeah, to be never. an un- unspoken ideals, which is, I don't know, maybe that kind of makes it better. Maybe it should be an unspoken.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think that like, I, I think that growing up in, in the 90s and the 2000s, where I was literally like, you need to be skinny in order to wear this thing. Like, God forbid you have a muffin top or something,
0: you know, now I
1: think not that eating disorders are ever going to go anywhere until like a lot of other things change about this country. But like, you know, I... I think that at least it's good that there's some more body diversity like yeah you know that's it's still important I know it's like sounds like a cliche thing to say but like I think it helps
0: when I was in LA I was like I like kind of informally like quit doing fashion stuff for like quite a while and I was Mm -hmm. like man I can't believe I had to work in the pre-body positivity fashion industry like this is so whack. (laughs) I'm like, damn it. If I had just been like five years younger, I could have been in such a more hospitable
1: (laughs) environment. Like, yeah, at least like now it's, you know, like even like, I don't know. I remember being like 22 and feeling like I was like laughed out of like, like, I was like, I don't belong here. And now like, I feel like if I were growing up now, it's like, you know, it's, I would be like, oh, like, you know, I, I don't have to feel bad for asking for like you know, a size eight, like God forbid, yeah. you know, it's like, and, you know, it's like, I feel like the little comments that people make when you're maybe like on a shoot or like whatever, like maybe they will be a little bit more sensitive about that kind of stuff. But I was yeah. like, I hated that, like that world, like whenever we were like, we, we so Nicola and I both worked at the same fashion, what like quote unquote fashion website. Mm-hmm. and like going to events, I was just like, I don't belong here.
0: No, all. I know. Like, I'm not rich. I'm, never... I'm not
1: skinny. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. I never felt like, um, I never felt like I fit in with fashion, but yeah. I also was like, I don't really want to fit in with these people at the same time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the same.
0: it was fine for me. Um, what do you think the future of influencing like, looks like? Like I have a couple of like side questions, but I guess like, yeah. first I just kind of want to ask like, mm, goal wise, do you think the future of influencing can change from just be about, just being about star making and, um, like selling products to each other. Do you think that there's like, so I feel like I've been seeing a little bit of like these trend pieces about like the new kind of like thought leader influencers and stuff like that.
1: I mean, I think like the term influencer will just be like used to describe pretty much everybody with that has like a cult of personality and then like having that cult of personality becomes like you kind of have to have it in order to like have the success that you want and be able to like turn on a dime to like this gig or that gig because it's basically like the influencer economy and the and the gig economy and like the creator economy whatever Mm -hmm. it's like it's coming for literally everywhere and like for and for everyone and like I I just think that even the term influencer might become outdated because it's like, that's literally just kind of everyone now. I don't yeah. know. That's, that's like one of the things I think about. And then the other like thing that I see a lot happening is just like completely like tons of little like micro um, paths of revenue for people. It's like mm-hmm. people monetizing like a tweet or an NFT or like whatever, like not to bring NFTs into this, but like, you know, like there's all these startups coming, coming out about like, how to monetize your every fucking move and it's like yeah I, there's just the, the and the influencers I talked to now have so many different forms of that where it's like they have to call because like the, the collapse of all like you know the like industries that social media has kind of killed mm-hmm. they now have to like find tiny little streams of revenue and like and then they then you know successful ones get into like actual investing so it's literally like all about money I think <laughs> like yeah because you know I mean, if, if you want to be an influencer like you have to make money at it
0: <laughs> yeah I know I guess I'm like hoping I was like maybe there could be some other way like I guess on the money tip like what do you think the future of monetization like is going to look like for influencing
1: yeah I guess I mean the same thing honestly it's just like tiny little things whatever comes out you have to be early on it like crypto you have to be like the first one there you know like mm. every anything like that you just have to like be early and I just I think that's not a good way to <laughs> be I'm not saying this is a good thing I <laughs>
0: just no, like no 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 we're not yeah uh, we're just being yeah. honest not being um, <laughs> yeah like pro um,
1: Yeah.
0: what about aesthetically
1: mm. I, I think that'll like continue to diversify like I feel like you know 10 years ago there was like a very much influencer aesthetic and now that doesn't really exist at all like when you look at like typical like fashion blogger turned influencers Mm -hmm. on Instagram like they are such a minority of like what influencers look like when you think if you like I mean I guess if you use the term like creator I think that puts more people in buckets because everyone I talk to considers themselves a content creator like every like creator person
0: um I I actually like I was doing I was like around the holidays I was on the Best Buy website and I noticed that in their like gift guide they had like content creator was like a yeah. section as oh, if yeah. like in the same way that like gifting a tv it was like yeah. creator tools I was like oh my god because that yeah. is just like everyone's hobby
1: I uh, know t- absolutely and it's like that's totally fine as a hobby and whatever but like what I worry about with that is like and, you know, like kids saying they want to be influencers, which is like, you know, it's just a fact, like whatever. Of course they want to be like, they look, they have fabulous lives. But I, but I worry that like, if so many more people are creators, the people, like people like me, like the media will see, like, will only care about the people that are really good at, at branding themselves and marketing themselves and like who already mm-hmm. are creator. And that's such a, Small percentage of people, like people who are like good at that kind of thing, and so I don't want us to be like skewed by the people who are influencers, and to extrapolate the thoughts that we have about them about like everyone, like sure, you know what I mean. I think we do that about like Gen Z. It's like we look at these teens online, but it's like that's Gen Z, but it's like no, it's a very small segment of yeah that generation.
0: It's like a false sample, like a yeah exactly exaggerated sample or something. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I know, like. When I like, sometimes I'll try to think it out and be like, okay, how do you like, like, I don't use TikTok, but like, if I think about Instagram, like, if I play it out in my head, like, how does this go? Like, how do we all, and I'm like, so (laughs) does it just end with like all of us just buying and selling stuff to and from each other? Like, is it like even making this podcast and like having a Patreon and like asking people to like give me $5 and then at the same time, like, I follow a bunch of podcast that I pay five dollars to and then yeah just this like yeah like are we just are we all just gonna keep making like little bits of entertainment for each other and then (laughs) paying each other for little bits of entertainment and when it comes to entertainment I don't mind like I think that like entertainment or like information sharing is like good and cool and like I'm really glad to have like so many other sources of information besides The mainstream media um like especially like podcasts and I'm not a YouTube person but I'm sure that there's probably yeah. of people on YouTube and Twitch and stuff that I would like yeah. but um or Substack or something like that like I love having all the variety of mm-hmm. perspectives to get but it is kind of like like I think about with Substack and um Patreon like the critique that I feel like I never really hear is like what about the longevity of subscribers. Like people can only subscribe to so many of these before they're going to yeah. have huge bills and be yeah. like, I don't want to pay this much money a month. Like I even like kind of had to start capping myself. Cause I was like, okay, I can't be spending yeah. like, this much money on fucking podcasts, like every month or something like that. No, you totally. like, you can not have a cable bill of podcasts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. And it's like, it's, it's, it's horseshoe theory. It's like, we're going so far in the one direction that it becomes a whole other thing. And like, I don't know. I think you're even the better person to answer that question because like, to me, it's not going to stop until like, just think about like what the system came out of. It's the, it's the fact that like, we're not being supported by our institutions. And so we have mm-hmm. to basically like give each other mutual aid in order to like yeah. live a life. Like, and I don't think that's like this, this cycle is going to change unless there are other changes to like the American economy, I guess. I don't know. Yeah.
0: I agree. Like I would rather be doing this podcast with the support port of some kind of like institution like that being yeah. like a full-time job of something but in the way that mm, everything is right now is like well I can't really wait on that I have to do this myself which yeah. you know is fine like I like having a project I can do by myself but it's also like you know mm, completely precarious and like
1: oh totally and <laughs> like yeah it's gone but it's sold. I think w- when you talk about like people who like really want to be like creators and successful creators, it's like, it's sold as this, this kind of perfect life. Like, you yeah. know, you're, you're doing what you want. You get all the revenue, whatever, but like you'd have very little of the support that we've built other things around because we know that like humans yeah. want and need that.
0: I know after like having been freelance for like six years or something now, Um, I think that's probably part of why I'm so skeptical of, uh, of the wanting to be like influencer famous or whatever, because I'm like, there's no Mm -hmm. structure. There's no guarantee. Like there's not like, you have no safety net. Like to me, it's like, so what if your video gets X number of views, how does that translate to paying rent? It just doesn't unless you set, unless you very like you know, break up the spreadsheet, grab a manager and figure it out. Like, yeah, it's not, it's not like, how are you going to, who's like your health insurance? You know what I mean? Like, No, I know. Oh my God. No,
1: totally. And I think that like, that's why you see so many social networks coming out now as of the last like year, honestly, because they know that people aren't going to be on them unless they can get paid. And yeah. like consider Vine, like no one was making money. so it died and like TikTok figured out a way to, for its creators to make money. And they started this creator fund. And so they pay people based on views. And like, I, like, I've talked to people who like pretty make like a good percentage of their income based on the TikTok creator fund. So now YouTube's doing that, Snap, Snapchat does that. Um, and I assume like Instagram Reels, Instagram Reels has like certainly like paid people to do Reels and stuff, but um, But yeah, they, they just know that they, they're not going to keep people on if they don't provide a way to, to, for them to make money.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that seems like a good ending point. (laughs) Great. I think, um, do you have anything to plug to my 17 (sighs) listeners?
1: (laughs) Um, well, if you're listening, go follow me on Twitter and Instagram. It's Rebecca with four X's. Um, because that's where I am. And maybe one day I will monetize those things. Who knows?
0: Yeah, no. I did uh, I
1: I I signed up for Twitter tips and no one tipped me. So
0: that's done. Yeah. Someone <laughs> I don't I just learned or I just read those words yesterday and I don't know what it is. Yet. <laughs> I, Literally all you
1: do is you link your Venmo and then someone can someone can press a button and it's like, oh, it's really easy
0: cool I'm definitely doing that
1: yeah it's like hell yeah like there's a a, when they go to your profile like next to the message icon it's like
0: want to send
1: money yeah
0: yes (laughs) oh my god yes I love this for the girls honestly though
1: right yes oh my god uh (laughs) you should do another episode on that I'm writing a story about that also so don't do that really
0: (laughs) um wow I just realized I haven't heard the phrase in like a minute um but it just came to mind but yeah get, get those reparations ladies get those get that 25 <laughs> extra cents on the dollar over the course of your lifetime from these men however you want <laughs> in my opinion um all right thank you
1: thanks Rebecca. Nicola this was
0: so fun this was really cool have a beautiful rest of your weekend
1: you too bye
0: or I guess not restive it's just starting anyway yeah. bye.
1: bye okay I'm stopping recording